When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Talking Cars, and today we're talking electric cars, Tommy, because our topic is, should you buy, not an electric car, but which electric car to buy? So which three have we owned? Well, we've owned a bunch of them now, Dad, and of course, (laughs) the majority of them are by the company everybody loves to hate, or hates that they love, Tesla, of course. So we've had the Model 3, the Model X, and now the Model Y, and we're going to talk about our experience with them and talk about which one is the right one for your lifestyle. So coming up right now, if you're in the model, if you're in the market for an electric Tesla and you're not sure which one, we'll let you know. Sit back and relax or keep driving if you're driving. TFL Talking Cars is on the air, the world's most popular car podcast. Okay, maybe not yet, but we're working on it. All right, Tommy, so let's start with um, the Model S because that's the one we haven't owned, but we have driven it. Yeah, so the Model S was kind of the first largely mass-produced Tesla. It debuted in about 2012, and it's, of course, the one that's known for destroying Lamborghinis and crazy supercars online with the performance models, but that is their large luxury sedan that competes with the likes of BMW and Mercedes and Audi. It's it's the most traditional looking one, um, you, you know, four doors with a trunk, and it's the one we haven't owned. Yeah, and actually, uh, before I even get to that one, let's take even a farther step back in time, and that's because I actually have taken the Roadster Tesla <laughs> <laughs> a road trip. So way back in the day when we first started TFL, uh, Nathan and I got to drive that from here in Boulder uh, to Estes Park, which is kind of all uphill in a snowstorm. And if you guys want to see a classic TFL video where, oh, we're, <laughs> where we're sweating bullets because we've got summer tires on a $150,000 Tesla, uh, check that out. Uh, but the thing that always impressed me about that and something that is true for the Roadster and for every Tesla is we drove it up and we used a lot of power to Estes Park, right? Because we're going uphill, basically, up the mountain. And then we drove it back down to Boulder and we regained most of that power coming back. Uh, and that has been the case since the beginning of Tesla. And that's one of the, I think, secret sauces of Tesla is that it's got some of the best regenerative um, uh, capabilities out of any electric car. And I don't understand why the other manufacturers don't do that. Well, I think they do. I just think they incorporate it differently. So Tesla's really reliant on the one-footed driving. Yeah. But when you talk to the German engineers at Audi and BMW, they say that you actually use more power one-footed driving because it, it slows the car down would, so would aggressively. Would you define one-footed driving? What do you mean by that? Yeah, one-footed driving is you take your foot off the gas and there's so much region that it almost comes to a stop. That's how much. In fact, the Tesla turns on the brake lights. 
Yeah, for sure. But but for example, like Audi will argue that it's not good to have that much regen because what ends up happening is you uh, you take your foot off the gas even for a second and you slow down to such a drastic point that you have to use more electricity to speed back up to the speed that you were just at. So yeah. the way the Germans do it is they incorporate the regen braking into the brake pedal. So as you start to hit the brake pedal, then it will regen, but it's more of a deliberate action. I gotta say, I really like one-footed driving. It's a whole different way to drive. If you're not used to it, uh, it's a little bit off-putting, but once you get used to it, it's fun because you try to kind of mentally figure out where you let off the gas so that when you hit the stoplight or the car parked in front of the stoplight, you come to a complete stop. It's really cool. Anyway, the, the Roadster was a really interesting... Are you bored with that? Was that a boring? Is that... Well, we gotta stay on topic, Dad. We got, uh, we've got right. stuff to talk about. Anyway, the Roadster was a, a really fun car. That, that was really the first Tesla model, right? Yeah. That debuted in... It was a, uh, it was a Lotus with a Tesla battery pack. Yeah, it came out in like 08, 09, uh, and it really was a revolution vehicle for and the other thing about the roadster which is also holds true and i think we, sh- we can talk about this because this this holds true for every tesla uh it was mind-blowingly quick i mean um in a straight line zero to 60 that thing was i think around if i remember right it was around four seconds and when me and nathan two big guys got in and it sprinted to 60 in like four seconds and you get that kind of tunnel vision where your face gets pushed back like you're in a rocket ship going to the moon um it really made the tesla experience something unique the funny thing is is I think the one we had in 2010 or 2000, 2010 it was, was like the Roadster Sport. Yeah. So it was right when they debuted the Sport. had all this carbon fiber on it. And like you said, it was incredibly quick because <laughs> we've never experienced anything like that with the instant torque. But nowadays, uh, it, it wouldn't be <laughs> – it's not nearly uh, as quick as even you know, your, your pretty standard Tesla. Yeah. You know, you've got the Model S, which will now do 2.3, and I think that car would be, like you said, barely do 4. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about the Model S. We've also driven that one. We actually had uh, a viewer of ours bring it to the test track with ludicrous mode, and I got the uh, zip down the track uh, at full ludicrous power. Um, and uh, it was fun, uh, but it was kind of a pain in the ass uh, because you had to wait. I think we, I think I sat there for at least twenty minutes for the batteries <laughs> to warm up before you could actually activate ludicrous mode. So in a Tesla, of course, you've got you know uh, instant acceleration because you've got instant torque. But if you really want to go super fast. Uh, then you got to put it in ludicrous mode, and then the car actually has to prep the batteries, warm them up, uh, so that you can get all the power to the uh, uh, motors. Yeah. Uh, uh, and remember when we first got the Model S, how we kind of, kind of just a friend of ours actually worked at the uh, local Tesla repair shop at the time and he had a loaner that he lent us so we could actually test drive it and i liked the car uh the thing that once again that that struck me immediately about that car was that giant screen right which is something that all teslas have had and this would have been like 2013 so this was i think right when they came out with the p85 but before the dual motors so it, it was it was a really exciting time to be in that car because like you said that massive 20 what 21 inch does that sound right 24 inch screen yeah it it was such a game changer back then, and it still is such a game changer today. Now, the reason we're not actually including this uh, in our discussion, at least beyond this point, is because it's getting a little long in the tooth. Now, they have face lifted it, so they have given it a new face. Uh, but for the most part, to me, the Model S uh, is getting uh, a little uh, old. Uh, it does still represent, the, I think, the pinnacle in a lot of ways of Tesla luxury. So you do get uh, active. I don't 
kind of active. You do get air suspension. Uh, you do get the fastest zero to 60 time. You do get the fastest quarter mile time. Uh, you do get the most expensive version. I think uh, a, a full on performance P, uh, dual motor with the underline. How much is it? Like a hundred and, uh, it's just over a hundred thousand, I think. Without, yeah, yeah, without yeah. auto, without, without, uh, Full self-driving. Maybe with full self-driving, you're at like 110, if I remember last time I looked. So it is expensive. But it's also the vehicle uh, that uh, is no longer in vogue, right? Nobody's buying sedans. Sedans are just not, uh, right now, cool. Uh, And so the three that we are talking about are are, um, affordable for the Model 3, are a crossover for the Model X, and let's call it a hot hatch for the Model Y. So let's start <laughs> with the Model 3, which is the first Tesla that we actually bought with our own money. What would you think of that? Well, the Model 3 was supposed to be the affordable Tesla. Yeah. So do you remember when the Model S debuted, it was close to hundred grand yeah. all across the board, and then it kind of dropped down into the 60s. But the Model 3 was supposed to be the, uh, the Tesla you could get for $35,000, and that sort of materialized. But uh, the Model 3 came out in 2018, and it, it, it's been pretty similar since then. They've, they've improved it a little bit here and there. But overall, pretty much the same for the last few years. Uh, we had the dual motor. With dual motor and Tesla speak is all we drive, right? And they, kept, they keep changing the, the designation. So. A little bit, yeah. But we had the dual motor non-performance. Right. So it was rated to do 0 to 60 in like 4.4. And it was a brilliant car. It's properly great. We, we bought it in 2019. With the idea that we wanted to get the most affordable one, but we, we couldn't get our hands on one in any kind of reasonable amount of time. So we got the uh, the dual motor with the white interior. It was gray with the um, uh, kind of upgraded wheels. And it cost about $48,000, if I remember right. It was about fifty. Yeah, well, we actually ordered the – we wanted to get the least expensive Tesla you could buy. We ordered that, uh, and then we get a call from Tesla, a representative here in Colorado, and they said, hey, we don't have that one. I think this happens to a lot of people, uh, but we have uh, the next one up, the dual motor, in stock, and we'll sell it to you for like you know a few grand more. And, it, and you get more range. You get more – Usefulness because it was all-wheel drive versus rear-wheel drive. And so we're like, heck, yeah, and that's what we ended up buying. And I think that's something that people don't understand out there. If you're new to Tesla, you may be thinking to yourself, well, i got to go online, order the car, wait for three months. Uh, but they have an inventory of cars uh, in every city, uh, and you can just go to their website, and you can click under existing inventory, and it'll show you all the ones that are out there. I think what happened was is we we'd wanted the very base spec, but they didn't have it. They had a, a, a discontinued model called a mid-range. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then we were like, well, we could do the mid-range, but, I mean, it's, it, I think it was a rear-wheel drive one. So we just went for the, the, the other one they had in stock, which is more expensive, with the, the long-range all-wheel drive. And it was a brilliant car. It was properly quick. The technology was awesome, once again. Still big, centrally-mounted screen. But it was, I, I think, in my opinion, worlds ahead of the Model S. It's just it's smaller, it's more nimble, it's more fun to drive in a lot of ways. I would strongly recommend checking out the Model 3. Yeah, one of the things that uh, I think uh, that Model 3 ushered in was the minimalist approach, right? Because both the Model X, which came before it, and the Model S actually had a traditional kind of dashboard in front of you, plus the giant screen. 
Uh, with the Model 3, they got rid of the dashboard, basically put all the controls into two rotary dials on the steering wheel. And yeah. when I say all the controls, I mean everything from like how you move the steering wheel in and out, how you do your rearview mirrors, uh, and then put every other control into the central stack. Uh, and then they took the screen and took it from a vertical to a horizontal position uh, and uh, stuck everything into kind of a la Mini, right? Mini did that a long time ago when they had the speedometer and everything in the middle of the screen, and now they did that with the Model 3. Uh, and that's become kind of a, a Tesla design language. Yeah, so with the Model 3, um, they uh, basically created the template for the future Teslas coming down the road. Um, and uh, let's talk about what happened with our Model 3 because we had an interesting experience. Um, and, you know, this kind of pains me, Tommy, but we had a little bit of an accident with it. Well, I had a little bit of an accident. I was really stupid, and I backed it into the garage. And then I, I took out a quarter panel and a bumper, and it was just a big disaster, and I feel really bad about it. But we had to get it fixed, and it was quite the challenge because only – at the time, only <laughs> a few body shops in Colorado were Tesla certified, and you have to be Tesla certified in order to get parts. Yeah. So uh, of those few, really only one or two would work with our insurance company. So drove down there, and then it was several months of waiting <laughs> and calling and, and waiting and calling to get the parts, to get the right parts, to uh, replace the, uh, the the glass roof broke when they replaced the trunk. And it, then, was, it was not a good experience. No, it was a bad experience. Yeah, uh, just too many Teslas getting into minor fender benders and not enough repair shops was part of the problem. But I've heard that's changed a lot, even in the last year I don't want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's it took funny. us... It probably, you know, what, what a tr- traditional ICE car, internal combustion engine car, would take to repair. Let's say that's like a, maybe a, a two-week repair at most, right? It took us, what, three months? Yeah, it was a long, long time. Yeah. And it would cost like, um, for this relatively small amount of damage, I think it was 7000 It was a lot of money. When it was all said and done, yeah, it was a big mistake. Yeah, we didn't even damage the battery tray, which probably would have meant a complete write-off. Maybe we should have. Maybe next time you do it, you just got to go a little, a little harder. Uh, uh, but uh, that process was painful, and because of our fans, we were able to get it fixed. Uh, and then we decided, you know, we had lived with the car long enough. We had done as many videos as possible, so we thought to ourselves, uh, let's figure out if a Tesla can do one of two things, which is what's you know is coming with the trucks, and that is go off road and tow. Uh, and so once we got it repaired, we traded it in on a Model X. Uh, once again, not the performance, which is the fast one, but nevertheless an expensive vehicle. At that time, we paid eighty seven thousand dollars for it. Yep, and it was the, the, the most affordable one out there. It yeah. was a five seater non performance, and, and it was one that was in stock. They yeah, had, they had it. Like, once they again, had it in stock. They yeah. had it in stock at the De- at the Denver uh, shop, and so we we brought in, and, I, and they gave us actually a pretty good price on the Model Three. So we ended up. You know, upgrading, uh, and uh, then we decided to figure out what the Model X was about. The last thing I'm going to say about the Model 3, which I think um, set us up for the last car that we'll be talking about, is the biggest issue with it was the fact that it had a tradition or it has a traditional trunk. I think if you're looking for a vehicle that you want to throw a bike in or you're looking for a vehicle uh, that you want to go camping in, uh, the Model 3 is still basically a sedan. Uh, and in a time when um, everybody wants a crossover because of the utility, it doesn't offer it. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with a sedan. I mean, sedans sold well for decades and decades and decades here in the U.S. Well, it, if in, a, in a land of crossovers and trucks, 
you're sitting low to the ground. You can't see over things. You feel like you know you're not uh, in that drive in commanding position, uh, and you feel like uh, you know if you want to bring a bike, you got to stick a bike rack on it. If you want to go camping, but it's you got to stick a roof rack on it's it. It's the same issue with the M3. Or a three series, it's the same issue with the C class. So it, it's not unique to Tesla. I mean, it's all of its competition. It's just that's what you. That's kind of what you have to do when you live with a sedan. Yeah, and the other issue with the Model Three is it's a relatively small vehicle, right? It's not. It's it's not. It's like a. It's it's like a. It's a three series. Yeah, it's like a three series. That, that would be a good size, and and the back seat room is not grand. So if you want to bring um, a lot of friends and family along on your trip. Uh, they're going to be a little tight, especially if you're tall. Headroom is at a premium, and legroom is at a premium. I would say the Model 3 is um, all the car that I think 90% of people need. It's got plenty of range. Uh, the, the, the fast charging is there. It's got really quick charging. Um, it's uh, extremely comfortable, extremely fun to drive. Yeah, what was the range on ours? Our, I think it was 320, yeah. 322. And yeah. it, was, uh, it was a great experience because one of the great things about owning an electric car is – um, e- even though they have a perception of charging very slowly, the great thing is, is every night when you go to sleep, you plug it in, and in the morning, you basically have a full tank. It's like being able to wake up at a Shell station um, with a if, full tank of gas. If you have a level two charger at your house, yes, and I you think, can't do it off of a wall plug. Yeah, you you have to spend the five hundred to a thousand dollars to install a. A level two, if you have the option at your house, because that is the way to do it. I actually disagree with you. I think the Model Three is fifty percent of the car that people need. I don't think it's. Uh, I think the utility isn't there. I think the space isn't there. I also think uh, that it's just not the right car at the right time. I'm actually amazed that they didn't build the crossover before they built the sedan. Uh, that must be a, a, a Elon Musk thing, but it's it's. Well, I would I would have built the crossover first. I mean, I, I think that that nowadays we've got this. Expectation that you need a crossover to do anything, and I, I just I don't think that's true. I think new cars have gotten so big and so overinflated. I mean, how did people do it in the in the the eighties and nineties when yeah, the three series that, was this little tiny thing? People still had families. People still had stuff they had to do. They still went camping, and just people rather yeah, than yeah, going yeah. out and buying a truck, yeah. they would just do it with yeah, their but car. Pe- people did the same thing when the Model T was around. They just spent a lot more time, you know, getting it unstuck and fixing it. I'm just that that argument doesn't hold water. It just if there's a better way to do it, why go for a worse way just because the people in the past had to do it a worse well, way? Well, we'll discuss whether or not it's a better way. So we had the three, and then we upgraded to the X, which yeah. is the big. The big crossover. It's a big, yeah, with big the crossover. Weird, weird, weird doors that go. Woo. It's got the Falcon Wing doors, uh, uh, and it's the one that is by far the most family truckster ish of all. So it has all the stuff that the Model S would have. Uh, you can get a performance mode, which is really quick. I want to say zero to sixty in like under three point four seconds. We had the dual mode. On the motor. X, it's yeah. two seven. Two seven, yeah, even faster. Zero to sixty. Ours was supposedly four point four, but we could never get it that fast. We got it down to like four seven, I think. Yeah, on the Model Three, we were able to match zero to sixty times exactly. The Model X was a little slower, but it also has air suspension. Yeah, it has the option for a third row, and it can tow five thousand pounds. Yeah, and it can tow five thousand pounds. So, so that's what we wanted to do. We, we actually called it the Adventure X. We wanted to take it off road, and the first thing that we figured out when we try to take it off road is that the suspension is designed in such a way that you really, really, really can't put an aggressive tire on it and the most important thing when going off-road is swapping out the tires and if you can't put an aggressive tire on it the rest is silly yeah for sure it's got this um upper control arm which is positioned that's positioned like five millimeters from the top of the tire above the tire and if you're trying to put anything more aggressive on it it just 
won't clear. Uh, and so our, we had big plans for it. We were gonna, you know, we were gonna do it up with a, a wrap, and we were gonna put like uh, a snorkel on it just for fun, and we were gonna put a jerry can on it, fill it with batteries. But we tried taking it off road, uh, and it wasn't happy because not only the tires, it also has, of course, all the batteries down low, which is great because when you're going around a racetrack or on the road, you want that weight to be low, right, low center of gravity, uh, but it's also very easy then to puncture those batteries with a sharp pointy rock, and when we took it off-road, I was terrified of doing that and starting a forest fire, because if those things start on fire, they're not going to stop. Yep, uh, in theory, they're they're very protected under yeah, there, but we, were, a, we didn't want to find Kevlar, out, uh, or like titanium plates. Or something underneath there, but we, we you know, we didn't want to be the first to, to find out that that uh, a 5,000-pound car, when dropped on a pointy rock, will puncture that plate. So the off-roading was out of the question. So we also towed with it. Yeah, we tried to tow with it. A the couple times. Was, yeah, the, we tried a whole bunch of times. We really tried to tow with that thing. Uh, first, we tried a horse trailer, and then we tried a very light kind of adventure camper that we were going to tow to Portland. Uh, we quickly realized that towing with an electric car is incredibly frustrating and time-consuming because it uses tons of energy. Yeah, and, and the issue with electricity, right, is that that, that, that car had like a 100-kilowatt-hour battery pack. Yeah, it also had like 320 miles of range. Which, yeah, 100 kilowatt-hours is a huge battery pack. You could um, you could operate a hair dryer, which uses a ton of power, for 100 hours straight on high at max heat. It, you, you could power like your house with that. Yeah, for many, many days. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, the thing is, is that batteries just don't have the same energy density that gasoline does. So 100 kilowatt hour pack is the equivalent of like three or four gallons of gasoline. But electric motors are so efficient that on that 100 kilowatt hours, the car could, could run 322 miles. So you, you don't electric compared to internal combustion engine is a far better way to, to bring a vehicle down the road in terms of efficiency and heat. But the issue is when you start towing, when you change the arrow on the vehicle, when you put weight behind the vehicle, it all goes out the window. Yeah, so, you know, Teslas are designed to be extremely efficient cars, uh, and when you start towing, that becomes the exact opposite. It becomes extremely inefficient, and trucks do that, uh, and they use a lot of fuel, but you can stop at every gas station and fill up. With a Tesla, what ends up happening, especially if you want to tow long distances, which is when a lot of people want to tow, like if you want to tow a camper or a boat or something, right? Um, normally, when you go cross-country in a Tesla, you would not use the whole battery. You would stop at a supercharger, maybe 20 minutes, half hour, go to the next bit, right? So you can right. go a couple hundred miles, charge, you know, not fully, but nearly full for 20 minutes, supercharge, go another 100 miles. When towing, you basically drain the battery in 100 miles. A 300-mile battery drains in 100 miles, basically. Right. And that's not a heavy trailer. That's not even towing a 5,000-pound trailer. That's towing like a... Let's say a 1,500-pound trailer. So towing was kind of out of the question. It just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it, it wasn't going to happen. The car wasn't happy doing it. We weren't doing it. Uh, so we figured out that at this point, electric vehicles, and I think that's going to be something that the Cybertruck or the Rivian or any other vehicle that, that's going to be towing is going to have to face because it just uses a huge amount of energy. And also the problem we found out with off-roading with it is you can't plug it into a tree. So we have actually done a series of videos where we did get uh, a Honda generator and try to see if you can actually like bring a Honda generator with you and then uh, using a level two generator power it out in the woods. Uh, that's doable, but takes a long time. It could. I mean, if you're camping, you could plug it in, and as long as you're running the generator overnight, you could get a full charge. If, if you don't mind having a generator run all night, yeah, it's not ideal. But no. we'll 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 
the technology is improving so fast. So, so let's say that you don't want to tow or go off-road in the Model X. What do you think of it? I liked it. Yeah. It was very, very comfortable. Very comfortable. It's very floaty. It was almost very, you know, like 1970s American car like. Yeah. But it was just so heavy. And I got to tell you, massive. Having gone from a car with no central screen, when I say in front of the driver, not the big one in the middle, to one that actually had a center screen. So the Model X and the Model S have a configurable screen in the middle that lets you do things like see the speedometer, see what radio station you are, see how much power you're using. Yeah, right I, in front of the steering wheel. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, it was nice. And it also hold, held so much stuff. Yeah. In the front trunk, you had two giant cubbies underneath the rear floor. It just was a, was great at holding a lot of stuff. Uh, not quite as fun to drive as the E3, even though 0-60 to 60 time was supposed to be about the same between those two specs. The Model X just felt a lot slower, not as willing to get get up to speed. Part of that is because what they don't tell you is to get the full acceleration, you have to put the air suspension all the way down so that the CV angles, um, which are basically little stubby drive shafts that yeah. run between the motor and the wheels, if those angles are too steep, they, they chew themselves up. So they have to be flat. Which is kind of, kind of a bummer because if you're at a... If you're at a stoplight and you line up against somebody in, like, let's pick any sports car, a Mustang GT, that Model X will take it, uh, but not unless it's an ultra-low mode. Oh, Dad, it was so quick, though, in the real world. I think mm. even a normal mode, it would take a GT, especially at a mile above sea level where batteries we, where, aren't affected. Yeah, where we live. But still, you, you, you know, Tesla doesn't tell you that you have to put it in its lowest mode to get the highest acceleration. Even in its lowest mode, we never got that 4.4, the Tesla claims. We yeah, got, we were like under 5, but not... We were like 4.7, 4.8. Yeah, not, not 4. And that's, that's a big difference. Half a second is actually... I kind of felt like, uh, where's that extra half second that, that I paid $87,000 for? So the other thing it has are and, these... And, 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 oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. One other thing. Uh, sorry, I, I, because this just occurred to me. I know we're fixated on 0 to 60 times, but we're automotive journalists, so forgive me, and forgive me for interrupting you. The other thing that it has are these rear doors, which are these electrically operated falcon wing doors, is what they're called. Yeah. They, they're basically like gall wings, like you'd find on a Mercedes, on like an old Mercedes, yeah. And they are really cool, and they do not work very well in the real world. Yeah, they bonked your grandma on the head three times. Yes, they, they did, and they don't open up in garages nearly enough to get stuff in and out of them. They, well, look, they work on paper and they work like if you're just testing the car but if you have to go live with the car uh, you quickly run into moments where they just are very sensitive because if there's even the remotest chance of it hitting something like your grandma then they just stop and then the thing just stops halfway and well no they did hit my grandma three times on the head on the head but you see what i'm saying then, <laughs> yeah. then you've got this door that's like half open and half closed uh, and pretty useless. I mean, what, the, where they work well is like really tight parking spaces. That's where they're supposed to work. But yeah. what they don't tell you is they don't work when you get home in the garage and it's raining and you're trying to get stuff out of the back seat. They open like four inches. And at that point, might as well it, not it, open. it got to the point where those Falcon wing doors got to be such a pain that I hated putting anything back there, right? A normal car, if you, if you want to just throw something in the back, you can just open the back door and throw it in there. With this thing, it was like either throw it in the front or throw it in the back, but forget the back seats. And they never fit right, so the, Tesla has notoriously poor panel gaps, and the Falcon wing doors certainly exasperated those issues. So they were always off-centered and off-kilter, and yeah, it was just a mess. But the car itself was a good experience. Yeah, I liked the car. It was super luxurious, super comfy, uh, and I miss it. Uh, it was just big and heavy, and look, if you've got a family and you want the family truckster and you want an electric car, I don't think there's anything better out there than the Model X. Yeah, I can't I think of a better one. Better one. Especially, well, at least electric. 
Yeah, I mean, the e-tron, e uh, sort of a similar vehicle, but with a range of only 205 miles, it just isn't in the same ballpark. I pay, same thing. I pay, same problem, right? you got to have, like, electric cars, you know, it's like real estate. Location, 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 range, range, range. And range is king, and 320 miles trumps 205 or 220 now with the e-tron. Um, so let's get to the one that everybody's waiting for. So what, then we took the Model X because we kind of did everything we tried to do with it, and, we're, you know, we're here because... We want to review these cars, do long-term reviews, and then move on to the next one. So we went and traded that Model X in for the Model Y. And if, you, if you're wondering how much they paid it, they gave us for it. I think we got we bought the Model Y, which ended up being like sixty-four thousand, and they gave us I think sixty-eight thousand for the Model X after a year of owning it. So it went from eighty-seven to we lost quite a bit of money yeah, on that's it. That's a lot. But we didn't have to pay taxes because it was a trade-in, and they actually had to cut us a check. Uh, have, they, have they have they given you a check yet? No, they yeah. haven't sent us a check. It's, it's been, been a couple like weeks. A couple weeks. Yeah, usually at a dealership, up. yeah, they just give you the check right away. We're still waiting for our, our our money back. But let's talk about the Model Y because the Model Y people think it's basically a Model Three with a hatch. Yeah, so basically it rides on the same platform. Yeah, um, very similar on the inside, yes. almost the same. A lot of the components are the same on the outside. So things like the headlights and taillights, I'm quite sure those are interchangeable between them. Um, someone will they say it's seventy five percent identical to the Model Three. Yeah, it's got a, it's got some improvements. So it's got like a heat pump, which is a much more efficient way to heat the interior in the winter. That's great to see. Um, it's uh, got a slightly higher driving position, yep. s- but slightly higher, and it's available with a hitch, so it can tow up to thirty five hundred pounds. It's uh, of course got a power lift gate in the rear. It's got a second row that folds completely flat. Some of these things, like the second row folding, are available on the three, but like the tow hitch, the heat pump, uh, these are, are pretty big differences. Yeah, yeah. Screw the heat pump. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. What, what? Screw the heat pump. Yeah, that's such yeah, a big yeah, deal. Yeah, you're concentrating on the wrong thing. That, that's like the uh, when it's winter time and it's and it's four degrees here Look, in Colorado. The, that's going to be the difference between the, no, getting the you from you the airport or back. There's three reasons you people are going to. We just did a video saying basically it's the best car of, of the year, and there are three reasons that you should buy a Model Y instead of Model 3, right? Number one, and this is the most important. I'm going to go down kind of usually we go from least to most. I'm going to go from most to least. Okay, number one, it's got a hatch, uh, which means you can throw a bike into it. Remember, we I had to bring my mountain bike um, uh, home, and it, fit, it, it took the whole mountain bike without taking off the wheels, without taking off the pedals, without taking off the seat. So tons of room. Also gives you dividends in the back seat, so if you're driving other people around, you got a lot more room, a lot more headroom in the back, so just a lot more utility. It's like a fat Model Three. Okay, so that's your number one thing, and that's huge. I think utility because yeah, because I agree. it, it's, it's it nice. increased. That's fifty percent. You said I, I say fifty percent of the car. Now you've got the car that's got this bandwidth where where it actually uh, works. Okay, and you you touched upon the other two. Number two, heat pump. No, no, screw the heat pump. Uh, that's like for inside people who are – I don't even know what a heat pump is, let alone how it works. I don't care. Uh, number two, uh, it um, makes you sit, sit higher, right? So for us old farts, it's easier to get in that. Oh, of. Dad, it's barely higher though. It's We're higher. talking like a couple inches. That That's a big deal. So it's easier for your grandma to get in and out of? It's a couple inches higher. Yeah, and you sit higher? And so you feel like you're not sitting on the ground like in a sports car. I love sitting on the ground in a sports car, but in this vehicle, I'd rather sit up higher. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I sort of understand that one. All right. So you get that one. And number three, it actually tows and comes with a tow hitch. So if you want to put a bike rack in there or if you want to put uh, any kind of a rack, you can just 
put it in because it, I think it automatically comes with it now. Oh, no, you have to pay for it. You have to pay for it. Right, but it's an option. You can get it. Keep in mind, though, that people have been putting um, hitches on Model 3s for bike racks as yeah, well. Yeah, those hokey U-Haul ones. No, I mean... Yeah, some, 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 like, 14-year-old dude they, going into your batteries. They That's work. what I want. They work, though. They do the trick. Um, I, I agree that the utility is great. That is a big upside. And, all right, I'll give you a bonus. Uh, you can get it with the big-ass... We got the performance one this time. Right. Which comes with these 21s, which are incredible. Uh, Horrible for range. It takes to range down like 40 miles, uh, but it looks badass. No, t- totally disagree. Those okay. 21s are horrible, Dad. Uh, it looks badass. Dad, I don't care if it looks badass. If you're stuck on the side of the road because you ran out of range, I'll go cruising by on my little 19s, and I'll be sure to stop and wave. They also make the ride choppy. I would not recommend Yeah, the- but we've read that the ride is choppy on it all model-wise. Uh, I, I think, I think those 21s, they're called Uber turbines. Yeah. So we got the Model Y Performance, right. which is the high-performance one. Uh, you're conveniently forgetting some things. <laughs> Versus the Model 3. Uh, it's more expensive. It's more expensive. Yeah. Significantly more expensive. It, the performance is slower. Yeah. The, the range is less. Yes. These are all very important things with electric cars. So if you need the space. What's the 0 to 60? 3.4? 3.5 on the on the Y. Yeah. 3.2 on the 3. It gets heavier. Yeah, it's bigger it's and heavier. It's a bigger car. Uh, keep in mind, ground clearance isn't really all that much more. So it's not going to be... I'm not going to take it off-road. With yeah, 21s, you're not going to take it off-road. When some, one of the reasons people buy crossovers is because they want to go to the campsite, right? Or they want right, to be so, able to... So don't get the performance. Get the regular one. Yeah. I mean, you'll have a slightly more ground clearance than three, yeah. but it's marginal. It really is a small difference. I, I really, like you mentioned, the great thing is having the hatch. That's great. And then um, that, I think, is probably the... End of the the benefits. No, I, I think you get a car that, and you know we're talking about the performance. But if you get the regular one, right, the dual motor, uh, you're going to get the, the same range. You're going to get I think over 300 it's miles less, of range. It's less range. No, no, not the same range as the performance, but you'll get like over three. I think it's 311. Last time I is checked. it, yeah. but it's still a little less than the Model Three, isn't it? 311. That's 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 all the range you're going to need for the. For I most agree. It, it's enough range, and especially if you've got a level two at home. Uh, and then you're going to get, uh, I think, a better-looking vehicle. You disagree. Uh, I think it's much more purposeful. It's got more of that kind of um, Coke bottle shape. Yeah, it's got more of that catfish in the oven shape. No, it's, it, just, it just looks much more beefy, much more purposeful, much more. Initially, when you look at it, it looks like a Model 3 that was put in the oven and kind of popped out like a Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh, but now that I've gotten used to it, I think it just looks really... Uh, purposeful, like a bulldog. It's got this kind of... It's not that much less range. 322 versus 316. Okay. I mean, the big deal, like you said, is is the cargo area. Yeah. And that is a big deal for especially a lot of families. Yes. It makes it makes a, a car that you can live with on a day-to-day basis because when you need that space, like to take your grandma to the airport, you have that space and her luggage. But she could get into a Model Three. Uh, she could, she could, she could fit in there. Yeah, and her luggage. That I, I and think her luggage. it depends you know, on the life. You know how much luggage she? Uh, yes, and her luggage. We could with those two trunks. <laughs> with the two trunks. No way. When she travels, um, she goes like she's like old school. Like she's going on the Titanic across the uh, uh, Pacific, across the Atlantic Ocean. That, I mean, I would say of, that's the kind of stuff she packs. If you have a family, yeah. you gotta go for the why. I really do think. But I think if, if you're single, and if you're like me, if you're single and you've got you know friends, uh, go for you, BRZ. No, <laughs> just go for the go for the three. <laughs> How much less do you think the uh, the the three is? Uh, it's probably it's probably at least I want to say nine thousand dollars less. 
for the Model 3 than the Model Y. Let me see. They just, they just, they, it's, guys, we know these numbers, but they keep changing them every week. So they just changed them. So it, it, it always is a little yes. bit different. So I'm, I'm really hesitant to put a price out there because it's the price that the Tesla had on their website last week. And now, of course, it's different. They just dropped a 3K, basically, the Y and the 3. Well, this is not going well because it says that they're now the same price. Did they? Did they check? See what I mean? This is what I mean. Like, like, and that's the other thing. If that's you're the a Tesla, three, if, if you're a Tesla buyer, you feel like uh, you're always getting the raw end of the deal because one week you got free supercharging for life. The next week you've got no supercharging for life. The following week it's five thousand dollars cheaper. Oh, here we go. It's th- it's three grand cheaper for the uh, the Y compared to the three. No, the three is cheaper than the Y. It's three. Yeah, the three is three thousand dollars cheaper than the, the Y, which right. is not a big difference actually. And they just dropped the three. Yeah, both so, of them, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. So I let's, love let's, the, what are the prices? People are now curious. Okay, so the Y, yeah. the Y range starts at uh, forty six nine ninety, and that's with no upgrades. And there aren't that many upgrades, but that's with just the basic vehicle. So that's the three hundred sixteen miles, four point eight seconds, zero to sixty. Yeah, the performance. Uh, starts at fifty nine nine ninety. Ooh, so it's ten k more. Forty nine nine ninety for the yep for the yep. long range. Fifty nine nine ninety for the performance. So the performance the range dropped from three sixteen to two ninety one. Yeah, and then if which you, is new. Ours was actually two eighty something. So maybe they're giving us an upgrade. Well, hang on, but that's with the the yeah. You're right. Yep, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So it's um they they changed that too. They just changed the, the the wheel options too in the performance. Yeah. So ah, yeah. How it, am I supposed to keep track of you all can't, this? You can't. You can't. Tesla just always is uh, uh, changing things. And for a while, when we got our performance, all the performance stuff were free upgrades. So that little like uh, carbon fiber spoiler on the back was a free upgrade. The bigger tires and wheels were a free upgrade. By the way, those Uber turbines, right? Yeah. They're sixty nine pounds each. So apparently, get this. Ooh, that's heavy. When we ordered ours, yeah. there was a box you could check for the performance upgrade. Yeah. Which would it was still a performance model Y. Right. But it would give you the big wheels and the lower suspension. Yeah. Now they eliminated that box to clip the upgrade. So, you so now they're all getting the twenty ones. Yeah. Shoot. Okay. Well, that eliminated part of the uh, argument I had against the twenty ones. But uh, seven seater option is available. On the Y. Yeah. I imagine those rear seats have got to be tiny. Yeah, that's got to be tiny. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so you know, we started this podcast by saying that we're going to go through um, the different Teslas. And actually, we've driven them all. Um, so the model uh, Roadster is no longer made. So, yep, that so died a long that, time that, ago. That's gone. And if you have one, by the way, we, we talked to the uh, uh, our inside rep at Tesla uh, and if you trade it in, uh, you know what they do with them? What do they do with them? They take them apart and use them for parts for people who who, who still have them. Oh, really? So if you have That's one... That's crazy. Yeah, they only built like 2,000, and they only sold like 1,800. So it's going to be a very rare, uh, and I think very valuable car at one point. So if you have one, if you trade it in, it's going to get taken apart for parts. So sell it or hold on to it, but don't trade it in. Uh, and I, I was told that here in Denver, at least this year, a couple of them already come back as part of a trade-in. So two less out there on the road, unfortunately. So that was the first one, and yeah. then the S? So the S, you know, I thought about the S. The problem with the S, like I say, is it's kind of long in the tooth right now. Uh, it really needs a significant update. Uh, and, of course, Tesla does do over-the-air updates, which are cool. Yeah, really cool. Uh, but, um, you know, at some point, those over-the-air updates can't, for instance, upgrade the motors, and Tesla does that in new. And the battery tech, yep. And the battery tech, charging tech, and the charging tech, and the you know how fast you can charge it. So at some point, that does become 
obsolete. And the new Model S, of course, has the new motors, has the new batteries, has the new charging tech. Uh, but nevertheless, you're getting a car uh, that, to me, is starting to look a little bit dated uh, and um, needs needs to be redone. Uh, and Tesla hasn't redone it in what? Eight years now? Yeah, 2012. Okay, so that was the S, and yeah. then the X came out next. Yeah, the X is great if you want to, if you want the family truckster and you have a lot of kids, a big family, uh, and you've got a big budget, then definitely go for the X. It's an all-rounder. It works off-road. It works on-road. It kind of tows, uh, <laughs> and it'll hold your your friends and family, and it, it'll be very comfortable. Uh, it's not very, it's quick, but it's not very fast. If that if that makes sense so like you wouldn't want to hustle around a track it's just there's just a lot of weight there even the performance one yeah even the performance one and i would say uh, those gullwing doors while they're uber cool uh, and probably will make it very valuable like 30 years from now people will be like i want the one with those gullwing doors to live with they're just a huge pain in the ass and then three was next i wouldn't get the three i'd go right for the y i, I think the three <laughs> is fine uh but uh you know for three k more which, you know, in the big scheme of things, isn't that... If you're looking at a Tesla and you've got a $50,000 budget, then probably 3K isn't going to make or break you. Uh, I would go for the Y because you're getting basically a 3 with a lot more usability. Okay. And, I understand but, that perspective. But, I but, get that. But if you want the one that's, 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 you know, more fun to drive and a little bit faster around the track, um, potentially, and, you know, a little bit more... Um, it's more driftable. They've got the performance uh, yeah, but the, track it, modes. Yeah, but that I heard, I read recently that that's also coming to the Model Y. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, uh, I'd go for the Model 3, but uh, I think the Model Y is right now in the sweet spot. Okay, well, let us know what you guys think, uh, your experiences with the Teslas. Yeah. Because I'll be curious to see which ones you're lusting after, which ones you own. And, and then, then we've uh, got the future models, too, like the Roadster and the Cybertruck and the Semi. Um, those are all been a little bit... A little if you have a big family, go for the semi. <laughs> I have a friend who's got like 14 kids. Go That's for the, the one go, he needs. Uh. Yeah, go for the semi. Uh, and the Cybertruck, uh, right now to me, it just feels like uh, so much vaporware. Uh, it just doesn't exist. I mean, yeah, there's a prototype that's in the museum in, in L.A. at the Peterson, uh, and Jay Leno has driven it, uh, but um, the factory does not yet exist for it, right? Tesla's in the process of trying to either go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Austin, Texas to build a factory for it. And if there's no factory, then to me, the, the, the vehicle is so far from production ready um, that it, it's just vaporware. I, I can't take it seriously. Uh, as much as it made a huge splash when it first came out with, you know, its styling and its performance and uh, all the cool stuff, um, you know, Tesla and Alana are really good at, uh, uh, at promoting themselves, and right now that's the ultimate promotion. I want one, but look, you're probably going to be able to get a Rivian first. Mm. Uh, there's a whole bunch of electric trucks coming uh, that you might actually be able to buy first. And I, I kind of feel the same way about just uh, any vehicle that, that, that I can actually go and test drive. Yeah, I understand that. That makes sense. But it, it is coming, and I think it's going to be – he said he had to make it a little bit smaller, but I think it's going to look surprisingly similar to, to that crazy Tron-like concept. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just feel like uh, I, it's like window shopping. I can't stand window shopping if I can't have it. I don't want to build my hopes up for it, uh, but a lot of people have no problem putting down a hundred bucks. I think they had like four hundred thousand, and I got to si- I got to sit in the thing. 
right? Uh, and so I got to, I, I actually know what it's like to kind of be in the prototype version of it, but I even hesitate to say it's a prototype because once again, it, it, you know, there, two of them, there's a lot of vehicles where two existed and that was, that was all that ever got built. Maybe I'm too pragmatic. I think you're being too pessimistic. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. All right, so which Tesla would you buy? Um, for your money. If I had a family, why all day long? Yeah. But personally, I still like the three more. Just it's a little zippier, yep. a little more nimble. But I mean, the Y is is a, is a lot. I think you're right. It's it's a better value for 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 most people. Yeah, and we just you know, we just got ours what like two weeks ago. We put on less than a thousand miles, so we will be doing videos with it. Uh, we will be trying to figure out you know what what is good and bad about that uh, particular vehicle. Uh, but this is kind of you know after owning it for two weeks, this is kind of where we're at. Uh, and, uh, you know, the other thing I love about Tesla actually is, um, and some people hate this, but I like it, that there's very limited choice in terms of kind of the interiors, in terms of the colors, in hmm. terms of anything, right? Uh, if you get the e-tron, there are a lot of options for a lot of ways to customize that to make it your, if you get a, if you get a Model X, it's basically, you know, a handful of colors and less than that in terms of interiors, uh, and then a few options. And I kind of like that. I, in, in a world where, where uh, you know you go to we just had we just got a new puppy actually it happened to us remember when we went to the pet store and there was all this puppy food and I felt overwhelmed by it yep right we didn't know which one to get yeah but that's a little different than having a lot of color options I kind of feel overwhelmed and, and with you know <laughs> there's a lot to be said for having less choice I want a yellow Tesla they need to make yellow and they need to make green you, like, you like Tweety right. yeah and they need to make uh, different shades of blues I think we need more colors. For sure. I'd like to see more interior colors, too. You know what I want to see? I want to see actually somebody come and seriously compete against Tesla because to this day, and it's been 10 years now since I was at the Detroit Auto Show where Tesla rolled out its uh, first auto show appearance, there has yet to be a major manufacturer that has built a car that can seriously compete. And I'm talking to you, Audi. I love the fact that the e-tron is an electric car, but really, you can't compete with two-thirds, you know, with a third less range. You just can't. Hmm. Uh, the uh, pay same problem. You know, this is not, if Tesla can do it, you can do it. Uh, so, and I want to see actually an affordable electric car. And I'm not, I'm not looking at the Leaf because it's, it's neither affordable nor is it um, exactly the, the car that sets my heart a-thumping. Well, not with that attitude. No, not with that attitude. All right, guys. Did, did well, I miss any? No, you're, I mean, you got Bolt. Yeah. Yeah, that was, um, I mean, we'll, we'll do a whole show on the Bolt at some point. Yep. All right. Well, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, let us know in the comments below uh, which electric car you think. We probably sound like Tesla fanboys, but I think that there is certainly a consensus out there among automotive journalists uh, and people who have driven all of these electric cars, which we have, uh, that Tesla is at least one generation ahead. So is it being a fanboy to, to, to like the model that is the next generation of vehicle versus the current generation? It, you know, I don't think so. I think that's just being being smart. Well, let us know what you think in the section below. I'm sure we'll hear some uh, very vocal comments. And uh, we'll see you guys next time right here at TFL Talking Cars. Yep. See you guys next time. Ciao. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.